I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Uh, we'll talk closers here in just a second. You have some ideas for possible trade candidates and also just guys that, that should maybe be on the Twins' radar, or maybe they are on the Twins' radar with the winter meetings approaching. All right, so all this talk about starting pitching and the Twins being aggressively after Shohei Otani, maybe you Darvish. We both agree, though, that the number one thing that needs fixing is a bullpen that doesn't really have any prime closer candidates right now and doesn't really have any truly trustworthy 7th through ninth inning guys that you would feel good against the Astros lineup or the Yankees lineup in a playoff game. They have to add at least one arm from outside the organization, maybe even two, to make me feel somewhat comfortable going into 2018. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the avenues they could go down, not only in free agency, but maybe even via trade? Yeah, I do have five guys with closing experience that I think could make sense for the Twins to target. Some maybe more likely than others, and I'll, I'll give you my ranked list here too. Um, you're going to hate me for this, but I'm going to pick nits with something you just said. I think their top priority should be a starting pitcher, and you maybe only need one starter versus needing two relievers. But I think if you go through this winter, haven't addressed the starting rotation, but you got a good reliever, I'm disappointed. I think you've got to improve the starting rotation first and foremost because that gets you in a position for the closer to matter. Sure. I'm so. not going to fight you too much on that. No, we uh, can box if you want to. Sure. I, I, I think Jose Barrios is going to take another step forward this season. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he fixes your entire rotation, but I think he takes a big step forward to where you don't feel as much like, oh, man, there's nobody on this staff that's con- that's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with an opposing team's ace. And so um, I agree. They need to upgrade both. Yeah, and okay. we're totally splitting hairs yes. and picking nits. But um, all the nits have been picked and all the hairs have been split. Yeah. In fact, if they don't fix both, then they're they're not going to beat the Astros. We're shutting down series. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if they get Otani, then that kind of solves some problems. Um, but yeah, we like shut down the airways for like three months in peaceful protest for not fixing the starting rotation. <laughs> um, my five trade candidates, uh, they start with a guy who was in in the news as being a potential trade target for the Twins, but I don't know that he's the best option. Racel Iglesias is the Reds' closer. He's rumored to be maybe available at last summer's trade deadline, so he kind of makes sense. Um, But if I'm Cincinnati, I'm asking for the moon for that guy. i got three more years of team control. He's a pretty good pitcher. He's a good back-end closer with some relief. Uh, A good back-end reliever with some closing experience, which I think teams do still value, even as we on the outside try to diminish the importance of saves, and, and I agree they're way, way, way overblown in the mainstream media. But I think there is some marginal value for somebody who, oh, okay, he was in that role, and he didn't deteriorate. He didn't become yeah, this I, like wilting flower. I think, uh, and you and I are both as analytically geeky as you can possibly get when it comes to baseball. I mean, like I, I spend more time on fan graphs and baseball reference during the 365-month calendar year than any other website, including adult websites. <laughs> okay. Uh, not that I spend a lot of time on those websites. But, but like Gmail would probably be my number one. Fan graphs yeah, could be number two, though. Right. That being said, there is value in having mental reference points yeah. of those high-leverage pressure situations. 
I don't care what anyone says. A one-run game in the eighth or a save situation on the road it's against different. the heart of a team's lineup. It's different. Your pulse flutters a lot more. Your heart is beating faster in those situations. Your adrenaline gets going. If you have proven success and a proven track record of being able to calm yourself in those situations and still perform at at the 80th or 90th percentile of your abilities, right. that matters. Let me uh, – well, here, I'll give you my list, and then we can talk about any of them that interest you, or we can just brush over ones that might not be interesting to you. Um, but I want to ask you on the mental reference points thing. You've told this story on the podcast before, but we might have some new listeners. Remember the story that you tell, I'm sure you remember it. I've heard it from you multiple times about going on ESPN Sports Center oh, yeah. as a young kid, new, <laughs> basically new in the industry as a full-time radio guy talking about Brett Farr. Was it 2009? It was Must 2009, yeah. And you were so nervous. I hope I'm not giving out too much information from this story, no, but you were like really like dialed up and like oh my gosh oh this is, holy cow this is happening ed so Werner like, was going to hand me a microphone and i was going to be on sports center national tv for the first time in my life as right. a 23 year old right yeah. so the my favorite part of the story is that to sort of deal with those nerves you didn't know what to do you're relatively fresh out of college so you take a shot <laughs> well you know what's funny you wanted to get some so alcohol i, in I was gonna i was going to take a shot i couldn't oh, you didn't so i was uh i luckily i lived like three or four miles away from uh winter park at the time okay and so i knew i had like a 45 minute window until i was supposed to be on tv and I, <laughs> I hadn't shaved and i looked like crap so i went i sped home yeah and i was shaking nervous because right? oh my god like i I've it's delivered these Vikings opinions on local radio for a long time. It's different. But being on national and then national TV and having guys I've – I think the coach, Jonathan Coachman, was the anchor, and I had watched him growing up in the WWF and WWE and all these sure. things. And so I got home, shaved, put on a new shirt, and I was like still shaking, excited, nervous. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't want this to be like the cure for all of my anxiety in life, but I need a shot of something right now. Right. And luckily, I had nothing in my apartment at the oh, time okay. oh. other than maybe like a bottle of beer. And I wasn't going to slam a bottle of beer. And that's not um, that's not how you should handle like anxiety or, no, <laughs> or no, nerves right. or anything. But... No, the point of my story so wasn't So what you're saying the is drink. the twins should find a really nervous lights out reliever that's good in the sixth but nervous in the ninth. Problem. And, or or just give him a flask on the mound no my point of the story is you were not nervous doing local radio stuff even though you're a fairly young guy but like this is what you do that's the fourth inning you're in in a blowout it's yes it's the big leagues yes that's albert pujols up there but i got a secret for you he ain't what he used to be and you got this you have the talent to have gotten here you've earned this go get albert out Mm -hmm. very different facing Jose Altuve, George Springer, right? Yeah, Carlos Correa, the heart of the Astros order in game six of the American League Championship Series. Go get them. That's different. That's Sports Center. I want somebody who's done Sports Center hits and thinks that it's old hat. That matters a little bit. I'm not saying it matters a lot. Sure. Because everybody who's done a Sports Center hit has been in a place in the past where they've never done a Sports Center hit. But do you see where I'm going with this? A guy who's or good they're in the just really inning, good at like drinking enough to be uh, calm, but not level. not bombed on yeah. the broadcast. So, yeah. so my 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 analogy falls apart because it has nothing to do with alcohol. It's just that sort of frame of reference of like, oh yeah, it's Sports Center, and it's important for me to perform at the 99th percentile of my ability. But it's also just a TV hit. Like the world isn't riding on this. 
I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'll get nervous. My body will give me a stress reaction. And then I might strike out Altuve and we got through this thing. It's okay. So, so, so I think that that matters a little bit and that doesn't really apply to Iglesias so much. I just wanted to bring up the point before I get into my list here. Here's my ranked order on which Iglesias is number two. Uh, trade candidates in reverse order. I picked guys who had closing experience and who I think would make sense for their team to trade him this winter, not wait around to the trade deadline, trade him right now. Uh, the number five guy on my list is someone we're familiar with in the American League Central, Calvin Herrera, Kansas City Royals. He's got one year left on his deal. He's number five. Number four, Alex Colomay, Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Number three, Zach Britton, one year left, arm issues last year. Some red flags, but if well, he's, he's been dominant when if when he's healthy, a year yeah. away from free agency, and you think you can capture lightning in a bottle, get the old Zach Britton. That's awfully intriguing to me. Number three, uh, sorry, that was number three. Number two is Raysel Iglesias. The Reds closer, and number one on my list, former Chaska Hawks lefty, Padres closer Brad Hand. See, uh, Brad Hand's an interesting one. Um, he's my favorite on this list. Big and, strikeouts. And I think he's number one by. Fair margin. Yeah, I I like Brad Hand. I think the things he's good at translate away from a huge ballpark and away from the National mm-hmm. League as well. So that's an interesting list. I mean, I, I my one hang-up would be giving up valuable yeah. prospect assets for relief pitching. What I hate— You should be able to find relief pitching without giving up a star shortstop prospect. Sure, so, I agree with that. And what I hate is when I hear— uh, hey, do you think this guy would be available? And I'll go do some digging, and I'll be like, oh, well, listen, I don't have the GM on speed dial, but if I was running that team, yeah, it would make some sense to move him right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Do you think they'd do him for a Kyle Gibson and a bucket of baseballs? And it's like, no. All of these teams, the reason you'd trade Brad Hand right now is so you can get Nick Gordon, a pitcher, and then some. And so like, let's use uh, Alex Colome, who's the sure. closer for the Tampa Bay Rays. And he's not lights out. He's solid. No, he had a bunch decent. of saves last yeah, year. Yeah, he's decent. He's a little bit more Eddie Gordado than Mariana Rivera, right? He walks the plank a little bit. Yeah. But um, if if the conversation is about a Nick Gordon, I'm going to need Chris Archer to also be in the conversation right. on the race side. Sure. Okay, you want to pull if you want to talk Nick Gordon or or Royce Lewis mm-hmm. or you know whatever uh, Stephen Gonzalez even sure. Then we're not just going to talk relief pitcher. We're going to talk your in his prime starting pitcher Chris Archer. Sure. And I would do the same thing with – I'd have to look at some of the other options of starting pitching on some of these other teams. But Well, you don't want it from the Padres. No, it's, <laughs> take, it hasn't been good for a while. Take Brad Hand. So, so I look at that. But then you know, if you're weighing potential free agent options, I don't know if you saw this news from yesterday, but uh, is it pronounced Yusmero Petit? Yeah. Yusmero Petit. I has, think maybe some people say Yusmero. Yusmero Petit. I don't, I don't know, to tell you the truth. He, so he's bounced around three different teams the last three years. He's 33 years old. He's been with like five or six major league teams almost entirely, if not entirely, in the National League. Yeah. So he had a really good year last. He yep. actually led the major leagues in uh, appearances. He pitched 91 in the third innings, most of that in relief, a lot of multiple innings stints there, 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Yeah. I don't think anyone would consider him one of the top five relief pitcher prospects prospects uh, options on the free agent market. Sure. And he just signed a two-year, $10 million deal with a third-year option with the Athletics. So if guys like him are sitting at $10 million over two years— mm-hmm. That's a pretty good indicator that the next step up, let's say he's tier three, 
and tier two is the Addison Reed, uh, Brandon Morrow group, and then tier number one is Wade Davis and maybe Greg Holland. If tier three is is five million dollars a year, tier two starts at seven million dollars a year, and then Wade Davis is going to be astronomical, twelve to fifteen million dollars a year. So we have an idea of what the cost is for upgrading your seventh or eighth inning with the petite signing with Oakland here. You have an idea of what the free agent upgrades would look like. We also have an update on what uh, the Diamondbacks just pulled off with the Rays for another reliever, pretty good, Brad Boxberger, who has saved some games for them in the past. I don't think anyone's putting him in the Colome discussion. I, I guess I'd have to survey what people think a little more closely, but I, I don't think necessarily in that same echelon. Um, Boxberger was just traded to the Diamondbacks for a minor league pitcher in A-ball, Curtis Taylor. Now, I don't follow prospects closely enough anymore to know off the top of my head where Curtis Taylor would rank in, like, say, the top 100. But if you give up a top 100 prospect for a guy who might be the eighth inning guy with Archie Bradley set up in the closer role over there, that gives you a pretty clear idea of of what the price tag might be. It's so a former first round pick there, or at least a supplemental pick in uh, Brad Boxberger. Well, That's a talented arm. Yeah, and and Curtis Taylor, the prospect that was traded for him, is twenty two playing in Class A ball in the Midwest League. Well, I don't know. I don't know what his major league war is going to be in the next ten years. But did you know that? Here's a trivia. Well, I'm going to give you the answer, but. <laughs> I knew Brad Boxberger had closed some games at one point. I just remember him being like a preseason fantasy closer option. For sure. He led the major leagues in saves in 2015. He was an all-star. He had 41 saves in 2015. Yeah, and to me, that underscores, like, I don't really care about saves. It doesn't matter that much to me. I think you can artificially pump up a guy's save stats, even on a a bad team, but much easier on a good team. But if you think he handled those situations well, then it's something to put on his resume. Yeah, I think that, and I haven't dug into this trade. Honestly, I just saw it on Twitter and thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll mention it on the podcast. But I think that if Boxberger is going to be like the eighth inning guy in Arizona on a team that's going to try to go for it, uh, made the wild card this past year, similar spot, I guess, to the Twins. Primary difference being they're about to lose JT Martinez, probably. And they've got a top, top, top ace in Zach Granke. Like, slightly different situations there. But I don't know. I think it helps set the market. You help understand, like, oh, maybe this is what teams are looking for. I also think the relief market's about to start to move. It's been sitting there. It's been quiet. Now there's been a trade, a multi-year contract with uh, Pettit or Petit, whatever. There are dominoes that are starting to fall. I still think there are bigger dominoes that are holding this thing up. But I think um, now that you start to see – it's like your fantasy draft – you're going through and maybe it's a snake draft and you know you've got the like the eighth and the twelfth pick and then you're not gonna pick again till later. By the time you get to the fourth or fifth round, somebody takes a tight end, you better grab one. <laughs> you better grab one or they're gonna be gone. Sure. I don't think the exact same thing's gonna happen with relievers, but a similar thought process. Yeah. So um it let's, could start to move. Let's cause we could sit here there's so many more things to dissect before the winter meetings. Let's get into some of the the free agent rumors next episode. Yeah, let's do that. Was that was more trade names you threw out there? Um, there's so much more meat on the bone here before we get to the winter meetings, and it sounds like a lot more teams are going to be willing to wait out free agents for sure to put pressure on them. So it's possible the winter meetings won't be quite as active as maybe in previous years, and that 
you might just have a dead period until like yeah. spring training gets closer in January, February. Yeah. And then guys start to sign. I'm curious to see how that plays out. I've got a hundred thoughts on it. The sort of suppressed market and like trying to time things and figure out, oh, I want this guy, but I really need his price to come down. Are you going to write that column? A hundred thoughts? Yeah. 600 a, thoughts. It's uh, a little bit off brand from five thoughts. That's true. Yeah. I'll have to talk with my agent about that. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on it. We can do a full podcast episode just on that topic alone and how a team like the Twins could take advantage of it. But just to give you uh, some some meat on this closer conversation, one, I don't think you have to go trade for a closer. I think you could trade for a good reliever and install him as a closer. Two, there are free agent options out there that aren't going to break the bank that I think could be reasonable ninth inning options. Three, Maybe you look internally and ask Trevor Hildenberger to be your closer. I don't think that's the best option if you're the Twins, but it is a possibility. If you're curious about more on the closer front, I do have a five thoughts column on the website where I went through all five of those trade candidates. Just search either go to our website, which I, I'm sure is your homepage, uh, or you have it bookmarked or something. Find a five thoughts column there or search like, you know, 1500 ESPN, five free agent closers or uh, five trade target closers. Just to give you the quick, quick, like 10 second meltdown here. Calvin Herrera, not interested. Alex Colome, probably too expensive in prospects in terms of what you get. I don't think he's elite. Uh, Zach Britton, I'd love to roll the dice. Is Baltimore looking to trade or are they going to go one more year until Manny Machado's a free agent, really try to compete this next season and hang on to Britton? Uh, Rachel Iglesias, same deal. I think he's re- I think he's better than Colome. I think he's going to cost so much. Brad Hand is a guy who I think is a difference maker, and if he's not costing you your best two prospects, I'm interested in that. For two years of Brad Hand at the closer, fill out the rest of the bullpen around that, sign me up. Yeah, and I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they recognize this as a chance to throttle down and do maybe it. even take over the division. So Go do it. It'd make the podcast see. more fun. They'd make it a lot more fun, and uh, selfishly, that's what I'm all about. Ask anyone with a DWI if it was worth it. They'll tell you. It's no holiday. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober. Drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.